Hey humans, I'm Rory, and this is the Human Strength and Nutrition Podcast. Today, we have Alex Fergus on the show to talk about prioritizing sleep and a return to nature. We hope you enjoy. Hey Alex, welcome to the Human Strength and Nutrition Podcast. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, mate. I'm super excited to have you on. Um, Courtney will tell you, you're someone that I've followed for a very long time on Instagram and social media and your blogs and everything like that. I uh, just love everything that you're about. So um, couldn't be more excited to have you on. Oh, cool. No, it's, um, it's good to know that I've got a few followers out there. So. How's your day been anyway, mate? You've, you've been outdoors, um, I'm guessing, based on uh, your farm shirt and um, everything else. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Every day is a, a farm day here. Um, it's pretty, pretty wet and and muddy, so um, it got a bit nearly stuck on the bike. So yeah, clearly had to whip, whip, whip some new clothes on for this call. But uh, no, it's it's been pretty good. Bit of farm work, bit of family time, um, and then catching up on emails today on, on a Monday. Monday's emails day for me, so nothing too exciting. Fair enough. And how is the weather in New Zealand at the moment? Where, where exactly are you based in New Zealand, Alex? So I'm in the North Island. Uh, it's, it's a place called um, New Plymouth, or just out of New Plymouth. It's it's very little country town. You know, people that come to New Zealand say, "Oh, I did two three weeks in New Zealand. I would have went past where you live." And I'm like, "Nah, not at all. No one really comes over this way." Which is good. I mean, because it's so remote and and isolated in the sense that I'm away from all the madness in this world. But at the same time, yeah, it is. Um, hard to get around and we are a little bit limited but yeah it's central north north island on the west coast and it's um it's been pretty wet for the last few days so lots of mud around but hey that's new zealand for you yeah yeah we we love new zealand um my uh, dad's father's actually from hamilton um which i've never been to myself i hear it's the most boring place in the world but anyway we we, we visit new zealand quite a lot so beautiful place Nice, very nice. Yeah. Um, so, Alex, uh, for listeners who might not know you, could you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. So, um, I grew up in New Zealand, uh, always pretty passionate about sports, uh, sports performance, I guess. I, I don't know, I guess I was quite competitive and just wanted to be better than other people at whatever I uh, decided to, to get into. Uh, and that led me to you know various places and, and various opportunities through sporting success. Um, left New Zealand for a job in Sydney, ended up in the banking sort of corporate world, soon realized that I'd taken a wrong turn somewhere and um, you know had to get back into into my uh, passion of, of sports and and training. Um, so I got out of that, ended up in a gym in Sydney and I was, I was working as uh, I had various roles at the gym in, in, in Sydney and um, yeah, I mean, continued to pursue sports and, and a few other uh, sporting interests. And um, from there, um, from the professional side of things, I, I, I had a training business and that sort of evolved into more of a coaching business and then eventually got online uh, and, and started blogging and, and that just sort of grew and grew and always planned on coming back to New Zealand to like raise a family and, you know, back to my roots, so to speak. And uh the the online business allowed me to do that so now i'm back in new zealand not not training for any sports at the moment um to be honest not doing a lot of training at all um but we can talk about it later if you want and um yeah like grow a lot of my own food and and uh 
pursue a lot of other interests now, um, you know, farming and a little bit of hunting and and um, still manage the blog. So it's been a kind of crazy journey, um, but it's been exciting. And, yeah, I, I know I've learned a lot over the years. Very cool, very cool. Um, so, I mean, just to get straight into it, uh, you, can, can you tell us about your general approach when it comes to improving health and, and overall performance? You've made some pretty significant changes in your life. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. So, I guess um, my when I was getting uh, first got caught up in, in sports and, and you know wanting to go to the worlds and all this sort of stuff, uh, you just you're young and you're naive and you just you just follow whoever is a little bit better than you or a little bit older, right? And um, you know, I, I think I, I mean, obviously, I had some great success, and, and I'm not going to badmouth those people, but a couple of years of that approach uh, without really questioning things and looking into things uh, myself. And, and when I say things, I mean like nutrition and recovery and even training. Like, uh, you know, I, I had some crazy years of training where I look back and I'm just like, that was ridiculous. You know, just two, three hours uh, twice a day, you know, maybe getting an afternoon off once a week. Like it's just full on. Right. And then, um, and still studying and working other jobs. You know, you do that for a couple of years and you soon sort of burn out. So that was what happened. I, I just kept pushing and pushing harder and harder and, and pushing those goals higher and higher. And eventually, um, I, yeah, burnt out, like, physically. And, I, I mean, literally, I was burnt out. Like, I was uh, exhausted. Um, and that process then uh, allowed me to start – it's, it's a bit of a cheesy topic, a cheesy word, but, you know, to, to wake up, you know, to really see, hey, there's a bit of a disconnect here between what I've been told to do um, and what's, well, I guess what I'm saying is what I was told to do allowed me to achieve a few good things, but then at the same time, it cost me a lot of other things. And, and you know, I was, I was in my early 20s and I was, I was wrecked, you know, I should have been going up and up from there. Um, but I was, you know, 23, 24 with like rock bottom testosterone levels and gut issues and, and, you know, like no desire to train anymore and stuff. And this is something I was, you know, I'd loved all my life. Um, and then, so that swung me around to looking more into health and wellness and working with various, um, doctors, naturopaths, um, all sorts of people across the health and wellness spectrum. And, and uh, from there, yeah, I learned a lot about um, the importance of recovery and sleep and nutrition and how a lot of the things I'd been um, taught, uh, you know, like the whole low-fat, low-salt sort of diet and, you know, just this train at, no matter what, you know, up at 5 a.m. and train even if you're exhausted type thing. I, I soon learned that a lot of those things were were flawed and, and um, not only like dangerous but not necessary, I mean, I, I've since realized that you can achieve much more by doing so much less. So um, that has swung my outlook around uh, not only my, my outlook in, uh, when I was educating clients, but also what I valued a bit more, like rather than just always training harder and faster, it was like, it was like, well, let's look a bit more on the nutrition side. And, you know, fast forward it five, six, seven years, and here I am like growing my own food. And, you know, like it's, it's really changed how I look at health and wellness and those who have followed me over the years on my blog would see that as well. So, um, yeah, it's a lot has changed. And I guess now like my overall approach is it's much more of a less is more, um, 
back to nature, but I know that can sound very woo-woo, but, you know, just just doing the basics, uh, but still still training um, smart, like training with an educated approach, not just throwing a ton of rubbish at the wall and, and seeing what sticks, you know, going in and, and designing programs and tracking metrics and ensuring you're um, optimizing recovery and, and, and really nourishing the body um, in the process. So it's a long way to answer your question. I don't even know if I exactly answered the question, but I hope that helps. And, and so um, uh, how many how many days a week would you say that you're training at the moment, weight training? Uh, zero. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done any weight training um I don't know if I've done any this year. Yeah, like nothing. Uh, so I, ha- I have a little home gym, like a garage gym. And um, I was doing, when I moved out to the farm here, I, you know, I was doing a weekly session there. And then um, I Thomas, our little boy, was born a year and a half ago. And all that sort of just, just stopped the training side of me, um, which is fine. And um but what's happened in the in, the, in that time, like I, I still want to train. I still, I actually enjoy it, but of course I enjoy it. But I do so much now outside, like on the farm and, and you know, hunting and whatnot that I often come in and I'm kind of like, I, I don't, I don't feel the need to do it anymore because, because I'm not training for a sport or an event or, or anything. It's just health and longevity and wellness. Um, I feel like I'm getting what I need when I'm outdoors out and about doing stuff. Right. So the, the gym, the weight side of things has, is not necessary. And again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like I, I do miss training and I do miss the, the, you know, like getting a barbell on my hands and stuff like that. Um, and in fact, I was talking to my wife just the other night, I was saying, Hey, I've got to, we're going to build another shed and I've got to cut out a, a proper gym in there because uh, I'm starting to miss this and you know, I want to get back into it. Yeah, well, um, you live such an active lifestyle now. I, I see, you know, on your social media and in your blogs, and I think you even put up a post about how uh, you, I believe you got a DEXA scan of some sort a little while ago, and even though you don't train as much anymore because of your uh, lifestyle and just your, you know, how you look after your health in general, um, your muscle mass is, is still this very similar or, or if not the same to what it was when you were training at your peak. Is, is that right? Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, that was done. When was it done? Like last year, perhaps. Um, and I mean, that I got a little bit of flack from that because people were like, "Oh, you know, you're 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 taking stuff, or everything you tell us is a lie." And I was just like, "Come on, like really?" I mean, you know, I oh, anyway. I mean, that was so it was so crazy to get a reaction like that. I was kind of surprised. Um, but I think, I think I, I will admit that years upon years of, of good diet and good training does help you know it does allow one to still maintain a reasonably good physique i guess um but at the same time i i am still doing stuff and and a few people didn't quite understand this but i was like if, if you came out here and spent a day or two like especially on a weekend where i'm you know lifting 30 kilo posts and moving them around and like you know we were building a berry patch with three meter high posts the other day so you got 25 kilo bags of cement you know cutting them around and spreading bags of lime, uh, fertilizer and lime like on the hills and, you know, just, just living uh, a physical life, you know, splitting wood. Um, you soon realize that you're still, you're still utilizing a lot of that muscle mass and strength. And sure, that uh, 
that exercise may not build like an amazing physique, but I think because I had done the foundational sort of stuff prior to that, it allows you to keep it. I mean, I would expect in 20, 30 years, if I did absolutely no weight training and just lived this farm life, like I'm sure my body composition would change a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think having that, um, having that foundation, having some stimulus still coming through and of course, you know, prioritizing diet and sleep, uh, allows, allows someone to, yeah, I mean, still maintain a, a good physique and, and, um, without having to do too much. For sure. Um, and, and we're, we're touching on it right now. Can you go, can you tell us, uh, more specifics about the lifestyle and property that you've built for yourself and your family? There in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. So I have a 50 acre property, it's about 20 hectares. Um, but about two thirds of that is native bush. Uh, so, you know, the rest of it's grazing uh, flats and, and hills. So we run 10, um, 10 cows or, or steers. Uh, we run about 15 sheep, um, half a dozen chickens. Um, so we've got a little farm, uh, yeah, and and we've also I also put in a rather extensive vegetable garden. So going into spring at the moment, so you know on the weekend we're out preparing our garden beds. Uh, we're, like I said earlier, we're putting in a big berry patch and blueberries and strawberries and all that. And um, we, uh, my wife and I, really valued uh, having control over our food and water environment i guess it's not just food and water it's it's you know the air we breathe the the people we're around i guess that's environment as well but things like exposure to pollutants and um radiation emf and, and stuff like that so we always wanted a little bit of land uh to control what we could control but also we wanted it um for our children uh which you know like i said thomas is only 18 months old we moved here two three years ago so um, we wanted a space where he would grow up, uh, again, in a healthy environment, but also seeing where, uh, his food comes from and developing that work ethic of, you know, like things you have to put in some work to get results. Like you have to go out and shift the cattle, um, every few days. Uh, like you can't just go to the supermarket and take food for granted. And that was how I was raised. And, um, my wife works in, early childhood like as a nanny in Sydney and uh, she saw you know how very how easy it was for city folk um, to slide down that path of just tapping into those modern conveniences which again there's nothing wrong with that we just decided that we didn't want that for our children so that was yeah those two factors um, plus some other reasons as well you know family and and just uh, I'm a big fan of that whole self-sufficiency movement and just not relying upon others uh, they sort of led to to this um, these decisions, and uh, yeah. So now we we have a little farm. I mean, it's not a full time farm. Like we're losing money on a farm because we, you know, don't really. Well, we know what we're doing, but we're not doing it in a manner that we're trying to make money from it. It's more we're just trying to raise really good food for ourselves. And if there's some money that comes out of it, hey, that's great. Um, but you know, it's at the same time we can still go away for a few nights and not have to be worried about getting farm workers in and stuff. And and uh, it's great. I mean, it gives us stuff to do. Like summertime, you know, we're always in the in the garden, um, moving stock. And and I'm sure there are a lot of issues and stresses that come with it. You know, like a broken water pipe, and you're out there at ten o'clock in in the mud trying to fix things. You know, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of work involved and there are a lot of stresses involved. But again, it's it's what we wanted and it's a choice we made. Um, no one forced us into this, and you know we always know if, if we don't like it, we can sell up and leave. But um, we're, we're happy, and I think it's going to be good not just for our health, but for our children as well. Yeah, well, I think they're pretty important um, skills for kids to learn as well, right? Just about uh, being more self-sufficient and, as you say, doing the work, learning to grow your own uh, food, being more in touch with nature and um, – um, I don't know how involved they are with like the the uh, the animal butchering or, or hunting or, pre- or preparing process, but I think at some stage that's probably a really valuable uh, lesson as well, just to be more in touch with the food that you're eating. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that really inspires Corny and I and, and something uh, we'd like to explore ourselves in the future as well when we choose to start a family. So, um, yeah, well, just a little thank you again for all, all the inspiration there. No, it's um, it's funny because I when we moved here, I I didn't really want to promote it or like share it on Instagram and, and social media because I mean part of uh, the whole social media thing's great, but you know sometimes you kind of like oh I just want to live my life and I don't want people prying on it and judging and making comments and stuff and especially because it's my wife and I knew would have children and I was like well you know my wife doesn't really want to be on social media and and I you know my little boy's like. You know, he, he doesn't understand it, right? So I was always a bit nervous about it and I still am. I, I try not to put too much out there. But at the same time, the few little photos I have put up and insights, um, yeah, I get such a good reaction from it. And and people like yourself, you know, just saying, oh, it's, it's people that I never thought would end up on a piece of land or get into farming and now like, you know, looking at little lifestyle blocks and raising chickens and planting out veggie gardens in, in their little suburban sort of block, uh, plots. And I, I think that's really cool. Um, it's not what I intended to do, um, but it, it is cool. And again, it's not just about the health, like about controlling where your food comes from. It is all that other stuff I talked about. Um, but to answer your question about the little one being involved in, uh, in processing and hunting and whatnot, yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's very uh, <laughs> he's very involved. Like when we're when we're killing our sheep and stuff, like he's right there and he's running around grabbing little bits and pieces. And and you know, he's going to grow up with that, which uh, I think a lot of people might be put off by that. But hey, like that's that's life. You know, that's that's where our food comes from, and he's going to see that, and he's going to respect food and animals because at the same time, since since he was born, he's been coming out with me every morning, and he still does comes out with me on my back. I'll get a little backpack. And, um, you know, he calls the animals now when I call him and he pets them and he throws them hay. Um, but then at the same time, he sees the other side now when, when we are harvesting them. And then, of course, when we sit down for dinner and we eat like one of the chickens we raised or, you know, the lamb we killed. So we've seen that full picture, which, um, you know, I, I think especially in today's world and today's climate, I think that's important because it's very easy just for people to dismiss you know, food and, and not understand where it comes from and, you know, people bash, uh, bash hunters and whatnot, but there's a lot more to it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, personally, I think being disconnected from your food is, is very concerning and not having any understanding where it comes from and, and, you know, what, what goes into it. So I think it's a really valuable lesson. Um, just to go back to something really specific you touched on earlier, Alex, you're just talking about, um, your house and how it's uh, EMF free and um, I, I don't know uh, heaps about that stuff. Could could you talk a little bit more about that, please? 
Yeah, I will be completely honest. It's not something that I have done uh, a blog article on or um, studied as uh, as in depth as I have on other topics. But for us, it's more of a it's more of a and because it's such an unknown and and you know the technology is changing at such a rapid pace and it is such a foreign thing uh, that our bodies are exposed to. And, you know, we learn that all these other foreign artificial foods and lice and pollutants and all that stuff, toxins, uh, are, are having delayed effects on the body. Um, you know, we've taken the approach that, hey, this is something that we want to minimize. We're not, you know, we're not stupidly uh, um, concerned about like some people are. You know, I have people that are living in the middle of nowhere in little communities where there's absolutely no technology or wiring. And, you know, I, th- I think personally that's a bit dramatic especially because that's how i i you know have built my business and everything and i and i personally like technology but yeah we've just we've just taken a more cautionary approach and and there's various things we've done uh obviously choosing this piece of land we weren't around any cell towers or high voltage um power lines um we had a local uh geovital it's a company geovital.com i think this site is we had a consultant they specialize in wiring houses and, and stuff to keep them low emf and we had him come out and do an inspection and you know test the wiring in the house and test the the natural um radiation coming from the earth through water channels and all this other stuff it was pretty cool um you know so we we looked at various things before we decided to to buy here buy this place and then now on a day-to-day use like my computer right now is hardwired into um you know our modem our router so we don't we minimize the time using wi-fi um when we're not using devices like we turn them off or put them in airplane mode at least um so it's just little things like that but again it's not like when we go to a friend's or my family's place that you know we won't stay because they've got wireless on or anything it's just trying to minimize that exposure uh minimize the unnecessary exposure um and just try to get a bit more of a balance uh, between the two and and not be so radical uh, about uh our approach to it for sure and i think if nothing else it just means that you are uh you know sort of what you touched on earlier more in touch with nature and less um, just constantly connected to technology, which I feel in this day and age is very common. Um, people, yeah, they, they just can't live their life without without technology. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point because it's something that, uh, going back to the social media, I see that side of the social media where I always felt like I needed to document something or, or you know, take a photo or, or rearrange something so I can get a good photo for it. And, and I, you know, I decided I really, I mean, I didn't like that, but I didn't want, my children growing up seeing that as well just thinking everything was for display or for other people's enjoyment so like when we go out on the farm uh it is very very rare that i'll take my phone with me uh because you know it's just uh, we can drop it we can lose it and we don't really need it but i just want you know i want to be there in the moment and just little things like that trying to uh, minimize that technology um but again, it's it's balancing, isn't it? Like I'm not totally against it. It's just balance, I guess. Yeah, it's all about it's all about balance. But it just allows you to be a little bit more present in that moment, out in nature with with your son. So that's that's really cool. Um, hey, Alex, so what do you believe are the two biggest wins uh, for humans to look after their health and overall performance? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I could answer this in many ways, but I'll, I'll take one sort of, 
I'll come at it from like a, you know, what, what's one thing you can take or supplement with or change. Um, and that would be like to focus more on prioritizing sleep, like just really prioritizing sleep, making it as important as, you know, the gym workout or your training workout or your appointment. Uh, I think a lot of people try to fit so much into their day uh, to achieve, you know, their training goals or their business goals or just to get through the day um, and then sleep just just is added on at the end. It's just like, a, oh, now it's time to sleep. Like it's kind of more of a hindrance rather than anything. But I, I personally think that needs to be flipped uh, where, you know, your day almost revolves around sleep. Like, okay, well, I'm going to bed at 10 o'clock so I can get up at 6 o'clock. Um, that means I need to do this and this by this time. And if I'm going to go to the gym and then make dinner and do a grocery shop, I need to go at this time, you know, like viewing it that way. Right. Um, and not just prioritizing it, but also spending the time and energy and resources that you would on your training or your health or your business or whatever it may be, but applying them to sleep as well. Because again, a lot of people don't really think about it. I mean, they don't prioritize it. So of course they're not going to put anything towards improving their sleep other than maybe taking a sleeping tablet or a herbal supplement or something. But um, there's a lot that can be done to improve sleep. And a lot of these things are, you know, free, uh, easy fixes. You know, you don't have to go out and take medications or buy fancy gadgets. It's, it's just simple things like making your room a little bit darker or setting a, 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 um, establishing a bedtime and a routine around that, um, or turning off devices in the, in your room. Um, you know, little things like that can, can really, uh, help, help, um, get a lot more out of your sleep. And of course, why, why, why is sleep so important? I mean, why do I value sleep so much? It's because of all the good things that come from it, you know, from a recovery point of view, mental health, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's one thing that I learned, like when I was pushing myself so hard, it sleep was, like I said, it was, it was a nuisance. It was like, oh, I got in the way of training or, you know, and I was only getting four or five hours sleep a night. And I think that alone, like cost me, um, so much in terms of future performance and, and my own health and wellness and fixing my sleep was, was, you know, it was a game changer in terms of improving my well-being and, and mental health and of course, physical health. And I've seen that now with so many people I've worked with and family and friends who have just shifted, you know, like trying to squeeze in two gym sessions a day, just cutting that back to one and then getting a bit more extra sleep and, and um, getting to bed a little bit earlier. And that's literally been like such a big game changer. And it's something that everyone can do. You know, you don't have to have a massive budget for it or you don't have to um, live in a certain area or, you know, buy certain supplements. It's, 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 it's something everyone can do and I think everyone should do. So that would be the, the best thing. And that applies to everyone, whether you're, you know, after business success or sporting success, or you just want to lose some weight or you just want to feel better. I mean, it's everyone knows how horrible you feel after a, a bad night's sleep, right? Um, just on the sleep topic, a lot of our listeners and clients um, of human that we work with are either young dads like you have a young family or you know, our, our high-performing females, they are kind of looking at health for fertility and one day conceiving. So what would your advice be for, I guess, uh, young families with the, with the younger children or newborns who are really um, struggling to sleep? It's funny, we have, um, my mum and dad live on a farm as well. We were there on the weekend with some friends and they have a one-year-old and we were talking about our bedtime routine and how important it is to us with our blue blockers and a hot shower before bed and all that kind of stuff. 
And he asked me what I would do when we do decide to have a baby. And I was like, yeah, that's a really, a really good question. I don't know where my bedtime routine will go. So what's your advice to, to younger families? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, everything changes. Like everything changes. You can go into it with the best intentions and the best plan. But uh, yeah, I mean, especially for the first three to four months, like you just have to roll with it. You just... It was horrible. It was really horrible and it was worse for my wife. So the poor thing. And um, there was, the, the thing is like, we went into that knowing that was going to happen. So prior to Thomas's birth, you know, we were relaxing and taking it as easy as possible and just trying to get as much sleep as possible. And, you know, and then you're also thinking ahead like, and this applies just to day-to-day life with, with a newborn, not just sleep, but, you know, cooking up lots of meals and having them in the freezer and stuff, just anything to, to soften that blow. But yeah, I mean, it it does get pretty extreme. Um, we were, what we did though is we had a lot of, um, we got like uh, some nightlights, um, uh, you know, like amber nightlights and we got these uh, little red um, LED torches that clip onto like a nine volt battery and stuff. And we got things like that. So when we were up in the night, you know, we weren't turning the big overhead lights on and getting that head of blue light and, and getting that cortisol spike. So there were little things like that, that we were doing. Um, we were, uh, you know, eye masks and stuff, just anything we could. We knew that our sleep was going to be disrupted and it was going to be shortened. So then we switched to like, all right, how can we get more from less? You know, how can we get that good quality sleep? Um, And then personally, like Rebecca and I, we made a lot of changes uh, where, you know, Rebecca would would look after Thomas during the night and I'd go off and get, you know, five hours, six hours solid sleep. And then I could help Rebecca and then she'd get a block of sleep. Like you just have to figure things out like that. But yeah, I mean, it's... It's um, you can have the best biohacks and the best supplements and the best plan, but uh, when when a little one arrives, yeah, everything changes. And even now, like Thomas, he's not the best sleeper. He wakes a lot throughout the night, so it's it's still very tiring in that regards. But you you adapt. I mean, that's the beauty of of humans. You adapt, but you can still utilize you know things like wearing your blue lockers and stuff, and you know changing the light bulbs and turning off devices and and still having those those supplements ready when you know like you really need something to help you you know get to sleep here because it might be a few hours time before you wake up so that's where the funny thing is like I guess Rebecca and I prior to Thomas's arrival we've been in this game for so long we've improved our sleep and we've done we've picked all those low-hanging fruits that everything was was pretty rock solid um, whereas a lot of people starting out, you know, with bad sleep, they'll go straight to the supplements and those, you know, more advanced things. And, you know, we didn't need those things right prior to Thomas's arrival. But then when, uh, you know, when you're really shaking up like that with a newborn, you, you can then, uh, reach out for those fancy supplements and those fancy, uh, you know, biohacks and whatnot to help, um, to help get through it. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, and everyone that's had a child will, will say that, like, it's just three, four months. It's, uh, it's pretty full on. <laughs> the amber lights for the nighttime, though, is a really good idea. We have some amber lights at our place, but, um, yeah, <laughs> that, that's a great idea there. Um, so to go back to the second uh, win, Alex, before Courtney asked her extra sleep question, um, what, what's the second win for humans to look after their health? Yeah, so this is a little bit different, and it may a few people may not agree with this or may not like my answer but hey um this is someone this is coming from someone who has had some pretty lofty sporting goals and you know life goals um but now i like being a father and 
and living living that more busy yet simpler life. Um, I think the 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 key thing that I've learned is not to over overcomplicate things and um, just to relax and, and enjoy life on a you know on a simpler level. Um, I mean, I was very very caught up in my training, and you know, I had some big goals like you know world champions and all you know championships and all that sort of stuff and. And that was everything. And uh, I, you know, I know I lost a lot of um, uh, opportunities uh, or, you know, maybe other things that could have happened in my life and because I was so fixated on these other goals. Uh, And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I know to achieve those sort of goals, you you need that discipline and that focus. Um, But I think if you're not enjoying it, if you're not enjoying that process, if you're not enjoying, you know, the sacrifices you're making to reach potential goals, then you have to stop and think, is this really worth it? Um, and can I do it in a smarter, you know, less demanding way? And now, you know, with Thomas here, like there's, there's days where, you know, it's very hard and we're tired and it's, you know, Thomas is now like in that toddler age. And so he's, he's pushing boundaries and there's days where it's really frustrating. But then there's other times when, you know, just the simplest thing, like you said to me the other day, like, thank you, daddy. Uh, when I gave him some, some meat the other day, like the first time you said that, and it's just like a heart mounting moment. Right. And, and it, it makes you realize that, Hey, like, it doesn't matter if you don't have the dream house or, you know, you haven't broken six records in your sports or whatever. Like there are a lot more simpler things that can provide, uh, even greater and ongoing satisfaction. Um, and I think that plays into health as well because I've seen a lot of people come to my side or come to me who, you know, wanted to lose a certain amount of weight or they wanted to, you know, lift three times body weight in a deadlift or they wanted to break, you know, a certain time. In a, and that was it. Like they had to do that. And then you have to wonder what, why, like why, what, why is that so important? And if you do reach that goal, then what? Like does your mom give you a pat on the back? Do you get to go out for dinner? Like what, what is it? What's the satisfaction? And again, having been on both sides now, and I feel almost like I may have swung a little bit too far to the other side. Like I said, I haven't even been training this year and stuff, but it is, it is when I look back and on reflection, it is interesting to see how that, how those two personalities have, um, have, you know, stemmed from, from different uh, life stages, I guess. And uh, I'm not saying either one is, is right or wrong, but I'm just saying it is, I think it is important to just, you know, sometimes just chill and just just look at the the simpler things in life and, and not get too caught up on lofty goals and, you know, endless training and trying to beat your neighbor or whatever it may be. For sure, yeah. Well, I think it just comes down to being really intentional and, and assessing why it is that you're setting particular goals and almost like fast forwarding to, you know, when you achieve that goal or if you achieve that goal, like how will it actually make you feel and will it be lasting happiness and fulfillment? And then, yeah, just sort of creating your life and your goals around what you think will bring you um, lasting happiness and and fulfillment and and health um, is the way I sort of feel about it now. Um, so to move on to uh, kid marks, you're a, so your your child is now you said two two years old or eighteen months, eighteen months, yeah. So um, what what do you believe are the two biggest wins for parents to look after the health of their little ones, their mini humans? Uh, I don't know if I'm qualified to answer this question given I've only been uh, a parent for eighteen months, but um, I'll share my my experience and I am you know blessed to have a wife who 
has studied, you know, three, four years, uh, studying early childhood and was a nanny for six, seven years. So she, she's my go-to source on, on this front. And, um, she's also helped me learn a lot about, you know, child development and what we should and shouldn't be doing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is, <laughs> it is, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about even making any comments here, but I will. The two things that we personally value and, this is just what we value because uh, I know every parent's different. We value like time with the children. So we just want, we want as much time as possible with them. So, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to walk, work from home and I can go out in the middle of the day to, you know, hang out with Thomas when he's playing or if I go to do something on the farm, like he can come with us. And, and we're always just trying to offer him experiences and, and um, opportunities to learn, but not just, always learning just just to see and play and enjoy things uh so that's what we we value a lot um and then the other thing i guess is environment which is what we touched on before so we wanted to create create environment for him that's that's as happy and healthy as possible uh and with as much love like from us from from rebecca and myself and you know we it's what we value more than i don't know like sending them to like the best school in the area or um i don't know having the latest little uh you know 80 dollar nike shoes that were only uh last them three weeks before he outgrows them it's just different um different outlooks on on parenting uh and that's yeah that's what we're trying to do here um who knows what will happen and you know i i don't know i'm sure he'll grow up to be an amazing boy um but it is, it is hard because you just don't know. And little things like you might make a mistake or you might get angry or you're tired one day and you think, oh, my God, is that going to impact him? You know, does he still love me type thing? But uh, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, I think I feel confident what we're doing is right. So until, until something changes, uh, until that changes, we'll, we'll just stick with the course. But, again, I, you know, 18 months with one child, like I, I don't really have enough experience with this because – I see friends who have got two or three kids and their children are completely different. And, you know, like even Rebecca said, um, we could have a second and personality and diet and everything may be completely different uh, to what we've been through with Thomas. So it's tricky. Um, one thing, one other thing I will mention though, like obviously, you know, I'm, I'm in health and wellness and we care about these things. Um, but we don't want to, you know, like we had a neighbor's birthday party uh, two weekends ago and there was some cake there. So our little boy, you know, gave him a slice of cake. Like, and a few people were like, oh, you know, you're giving Thomas cake. And it's like, hey, like, come on. It's um, it's a birthday and, you know, we don't want him growing up thinking well, you can't have this or this is bad for you. Like, again, it goes back to that balance. Um, so that that's just our approach. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but hey, that's what we're deciding to do. <laughs> We might have to get Rebecca on the podcast to tell us more about health than many humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she should. She'd like that, I think. I think she'd probably be quite nervous. She hasn't done one before. But, no, she. I mean, she's amazing to have. Um, I kind of told her, like, look, I'll take care of the finances and the business and the farm, and you just tell me what to do uh, on the parenting side. And, you know, she laughed at that because she's like, look, it's important that you bring your own uh, you know, personality and values to the to his upbringing as well and everything but you know at the same time i'm like oh i have no experience like you have a decade worth of experience uh on this front but um it's uh i mean it's hard it's been a parent it's like the most rewarding thing like i've ever done and and um but it's also the most difficult thing and stressful thing as well so that's awesome mate 
Um, we'll uh, wary of your time, Alex. So just to wrap up, how can people find more from you? Yeah, so my website, uh, alexfergus.com, that's where my team and I, uh, we try to get out one or two blog articles a week. And we've been, well, I've been doing that for a couple of years now. Um, fortunate to have a pretty neat team of writers on board who uh, exposing our readers into various things that I, topics that I personally wouldn't have got into. So that's, that's really cool. I am on social media, but I'm personally not very active on there. Um, and we send out a newsletter once a week with updates of what's happening. Yeah, we are we are big fans of the blog, and we read them a lot. A lot of our information and help for our clients have come from your your blogs and information you share. So we do really appreciate that. We we trust you and, and love all your stuff. So thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you for the kind words and the support and the opportunity to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Sure. All right, mate, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks so much for coming on again, Alex, and hope to have another conversation sometime soon. Cool, likewise. Have a good day. All right, humans, that concludes the podcast with Alex Fergus. We hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. Hey, legends, if you'd like a program to help you build strength, fitness, and athleticism, the Human Strength and Performance Program is for you. The perfect balance of strength, conditioning, mobility, and athleticism to help you achieve high-level physical performance. Head to humanstrength.com.au to find out more.